What's happening, weirdos? What is? What is? What it is. What it is, weirdos? What it is, weirdos. I know we say this a lot, but this is truly one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, this was good because you know why? Tell me. Because it was a sneaky good one. We were so... I'm sick. Yep. yep. Not COVID, I have to I'm say I'm very that. tired. Yep. Probably coming down with what I have. <laughs> Great. And... We're, we had a long day, but then like, we all, it's also like this. This is the tone of the whole episode. Yeah. It's very relaxed. Mm-hmm. I um, think it's, I think it's nice. Like I was thinking you usually have a lot of energy up top. And so it's usually you go in for a little while, oop. but this was a nice back and forth. Yeah. Well, this was like an NPR. <laughs> yeah. This was an NPR. Welcome to We Made It Weird. It's brought to you by MailChimp. Bling. Is MailChimp just a chimp that replies to your emails? I think it is. When he says, oh, 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 he doesn't mean out of office. He means, ooh, ooh. (laughs) MailChimp. It's a premium riff right there. so good. That was very good. I was very impressed with you. Thank you very much. Um, He means, ooh, ooh. ooh, ooh. He means, ooh, ooh. Oh, let me look up when the, because this is coming out. May twentieth, which is when, uh, which is when Largo was. So that'll be tonight, mm-hmm. and then the next one is June eleventh, and I Ooh. believe the milk carton kids are going to be on that. <gasps> oh, I miss them. So go to largo-la.com and come see me do stand up and see some great music and other guests. And it was it's always incredible, always the highlight of, of our month. Yep. Hope to see you there. Uh, we don't watch how we roll if you want. <laughs> we At talk this about point, that. What's the point? We Just get kidding. in. No, we get into that. Um, but yeah, watch it. But if you only if you want. Um, <laughs> we talk all about that. And if you like the show, please try a Pete's pick. Like my cold plunge. I they were just on Shark Tank. They, they were. Yeah. Hersh- Robert Hershevac got in the cold plunge sure. on the air. Of course, I knew it would be Robert. Yeah. And he loved it, and he gave them a deal. I or he offered them a deal. I, I can't believe that those guys aren't already cold plunging. I absolutely agree with you. Right? All the people functioning at that high level that want to... Because here's, here's, here's how I tell people about cold plunge. My Specifically, the cold plunge, meaning the one you get at thecoldplunge.com using promo code WEIRD for a discount. Uh, I say it's nine hours of sleep in three minutes. And you do say that almost every time you get out of it. Oh, I thought you were going to make fun of me and be like, you say that almost every day and it's a real snooze. Well, Because I, I am al- always saying it. I almost said that. Well, can... <laughs> you do. You get in every day and, and you say that almost every time you get out. <laughs> wow. Well, what is what could be better? That's all you really need to know. It's nine hours of sleep in three minutes. I started easing into cold therapy. Uh, which is incredible for your immune system, incredible for your overall health, your outlook in life, your energy, your creativity, your sleep. It's great for shocking the system into vital, amazing health. We always joke that I get in and I sing, I, I feel so alive. Cause which it, was my bit, by the of way. Of course it's your <laughs> bit. I said we always, okay, <laughs> a lot of tension in the homeless Janie household today. But also just like, it helps with mood. All of so many of the Pete's picks have to do with mood elevation, and the cold plunge is absolutely no exception. It is the best part of my day. It has literally improved every area of my life. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, it's a cold plunge. It's an outdoor. Mine's outdoors. You could have it inside, but it's an outdoor, modern, sleek 
tub, mm -hmm. which I love because so many cold plunges that you buy, first of all, are way more expensive. And second of all, often look like coffins. Yeah. They look like, <laughs> like military equipment or something. Yeah. This looks like a modern, like something you'd see in a Four Seasons hotel. It's beautiful. It's yeah. sleek. It's clean. Uh, it's bright. And it keeps the water 39 degrees. Now, I always like mentioning this in the ad. We started at 60, mm -hmm. which will still give you the benefit, the neurogenesis, all of, meaning building new ac uh, connections and activity in your brain, revitalizing your, your immune system, all of these things. You can get that at 60, but you start to love it, and you lower that, that more and more. The first time I got in at 60 degrees, I was gasping for air. It was really uncomfortable for me. The second day I got in at 60 degrees... I was fine. Mm -hmm. I was shocked at how quickly you improve at this. And now I have it at its lowest setting, which is 39 degrees, uh, which I absolutely love. I also love to point out that it only takes three minutes, which I absolutely love. Uh, I'm six foot six and I fit easily in the tub. Helps my health, my mood, my creativity, my sleep. Uh, it can turn a day around so, so consistently. Um, wonderful for stress, wonderful for your metabolism. And it's like a forced meditation. You get in, it's one of my favorite things about it. When water is that cold, your body goes into a state where you are the present. You become the present, and that state stays with you after you get out. It's the perfect way to start the day. Sometimes I even do it at night. It has a beautiful light inside that keeps the water like glowing blue, which is awesome. Helps me wind down and clear my mind. Let your body solve what the mind can't. That's what Val always says. And a cold plunge is absolutely the best way I've found to let your body solve problems that your mind just can't crack. So if you're into Wim Hof or you just want a shortcut to a happier, healthier you, go to thecoldplunge.com and use promo code WEIRD for your discount of $150 off and show your support of the podcast. That's thecoldplunge.com. Speaking of things that have improved my life, our friends at The Perfect Gene, one of my absolute favorite Pete's Picks. I'm, we're in New Mexico. We're on a little trip. I'm looking at my Perfect Jeans slumped on the chair over there in the hotel. They are the most comfortable and best-looking pants I've ever owned in my life. As you guys know, maybe by watching my stand-up, I hate a hard pant. I don't know why we're not wearing comfortable, soft pants that have a little bit of give. But frankly, the answer was because they don't look good. I, I would try and wear yoga pants or like linen pants. I just couldn't pull it off because I'm not Bono or Sting or Seal or any of the one-namers. I'm not that guy, but I am a jean guy. So enter the perfect jean, the best pants I've ever owned. I literally have them in gray, dark gray. I have them in blue, dark blue. I have them in black. I'm pretty much consistently and constantly wearing my perfect jeans. They look incredible. They fit incredible. They're soft, but no one needs to know. It's your secret. It's your soft secret. It's 2% spandex, 2.5% rayon for extra comfort and, your, and movement that your man parts, frankly, require. The jean stretches so your nuts ain't crushed, everybody, <laughs> thereby providing the only true home for your bone. They're super soft, specialized washing so your jeans literally feel as soft as a baby's butt. You may even forget you're wearing pants. And they're also constructed utilizing the highest quality materials and sewing techniques to provide you with a product that is built to last. And best of all, they're not khakis. Fuck your khakis, spare your nuts, wear some perfect jeans, and show your support of the show. The perfect jean for the imperfectly imperfect men. Just 60 bucks when you use code WEIRDO at checkout. That's WEIRDO 
Liberate your lower limbs with the one and only Perfect Gene. Whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a three-leaf clover, or a big old honkin' eggplant, the Perfect Gene has you covered. Take a peek at www.theperfectgene.nyc. That's theperfectgene.nyc code weirdo for 25% off at checkout. All right, everybody. Hope to see you at Largo on June 11th with the Milk Carton Kids. In the meantime, enjoy We Made It Weird, number 87. Valerie? Get into it. Oh, no, I, you weren't on. Now you're on. Okay, we're situated. <laughs> that was I passive did, aggressive. I did want to turn you on a moment after we start. <laughs> so you get the first word. And you turn me off right before the last. Yeah, word. so I can always be the one that goes, that was great. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like one of life's small but really profound. Um, sort of, I guess there's not a word for it. There's just a sound, which is like, um, on my way out here, which is I'm in socks and I stepped in a puddle. (laughs) Oh, I God, isn't that like just so upset? It's It's so much more upsetting than it should be. Yep. Well, it's irrevocable. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. There's nothing you can do. That sock is going in the wash or the dryer. If you're nasty, you can sort of just dry it. Yeah. Or I'm such a judge face. I'm also, Uh, I'm going to wash that sock, but I'm also currently doing something even nastier, which is just living in it. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. That's why I was like, let's turn the heater on. I'm going to turn that heater on. I'm going to cowboy style dry it by the space heater. Have you ever stepped in doggy do? Well, first of all, yeah, what, yes, yeah, what, but what do you call dog, what do you call dog excrement? Dog poop. Dog poop? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I like that a little bit more than doggy do, but doggy do is kind of cute. Yeah, doggy do is all right. I, as it came out of my face, not dog do. <laughs> face. As, as dog do streamed out of my nostrils. <laughs> uh, where do you stand on Play-Doh toys as a child? Did you like them? I did like them. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that I was obsessed, but I remember kind of the feeling of being like, oh, cool, you got Play-Doh here. All right, that's something I could do. <laughs> but then, I mean, as Lee shows, they all just get swirled into like one sort of tie-dye ball. Yeah, and as a, I guess, somewhat neurotic adult, who would have thought <laughs> I was neurotic, but I am about certain things, mm. uh, I can't stand that. I hate it. I, say, oh, I my God, I it, also hate it. Like, I, the feeling I, of Leela's her... not the kind of girl, though, that's going to be like, these are the greens, and these, not no. yet. No, and then the way that, like, our my nanny, my grandma, got Leela a very cool Play-Doh pizza set, mm. where you, like, have little shapes, like, uh, anchovies and mushrooms, and you, like, flatten the oh, dough. Oh, that's who got it for her? Yeah. And it was fun for one afternoon. Yeah, because... You're you're supposed to mix. This is it. an awkward time to say this, but playdoughcom slash weird for ten percent <laughs> off. They're what fine. The fine. Ad. By the way, yeah, this is actually, guys, it's still the ads. Yeah. Um, what what smell mm-hmm. is more familiar than the smell of Play-Doh? Nothing. Nothing. My mother, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think it's here. This life by smells. Yeah. Uh, your mom. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everybody, but you knew and loved. What your mom smells like. I still love how my mom smells. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a little too keeper. close to the bone yeah. for me. Yeah. No, I, I I can't I can't tell you if I I I'm sure I could I know I know my dad's farts <laughs> and my dad's Okay, breath. well let's make it a little less edible. Do you like the smell Oedipal of arrangements? <laughs> 
<laughs> what would those be? It was just a bunch of sex toys and pictures of your mom. <laughs> Oh my God. But it, they look like flowers. <laughs> and then as you look closer, that's not a rose. That's a dildo, that's a dildaic uh, recreation of a flower. And a knife to kill your dad. Yes. And yourself? I don't know. Does I, Oedipus kill himself? I don't really know. Greek mythology is something that I often pretend that I know What if I was like, I that's Spanish? <laughs> I wouldn't it's even be Spanish that shocked. Or if you were like, it's actually Roman, I'd be like, sure, whatever. Oh. I I really missed those. I we actually literally listen to the sound of me trying to talk. Yeah. I go, ah. <laughs> and listen to the sound of me talking right through it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I actually moved in sixth grade. Mm. We moved during the units on in California when we were going over fractions in math. And we were going over Greek gods. And I still am really bad at those two things. Wow. Yeah. My categories, no surprise. Uh, states, the United States. Yeah, I'm pretty good at states. I, I imagine, I'm not trying to take away from you. I feel like most people are pretty good at the states. Yeah. And I had the placemat. Yeah. I had the placemat. Yeah. And I've been to most of them. <laughs> That's right. You've traveled to most of them. And still, I'm like, I, I'm not exactly sure what, where Delaware is. In fact, Delaware is the state that I often confuse for a city in Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that like mid East Coast does get kind of murky for me, too. For most. Yeah. I do appreciate Kentucky looking like a, a chicken wing. Yeah, like it looks like a drumstick. <laughs> thanks, In fact, they should have all of them. We've talked about this maybe before, but China looks like a witch. Have you ever noticed on a witch on a broom with a billowing? I'm not. I'm not trying to say it's filled with witchy people. <laughs> like, I, like I'm so nervous. Yeah. About being I don't think that's canceled. a common Shapes. stereotype. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, you know the witch people. Yeah, who the Chinese. <laughs> No, no. No, that doesn't uh, check I wanted out. to say, Val, that I, I think, first of all, Val's a little ill. I'm a little ill. She's got a, her license to ill and she's using it. Yeah. And um, Jagged little ill. Jagged little ill. That's your joke. It is my joke that I took a picture of my, my niece and I ma- she was making a real scary face, like a tough face. Mm-hmm. And I made it black and white and I made it a CD cover and the, and the album was called Jagged period little period ill mm-hmm. period mm-hmm. like she's all three of those things yeah and then you i thought you didn't get it i didn't really get it right away because alanis one of my well i knew jagged had, little pill jagged but little i pill. forgot that ill was like a cool so i was like why she's is, is she sick no 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 she's got a license to ill like to be ill yeah like no something sick it was cool. no you get it now I get it now. um i had something called super dough oh. off-brand play-doh but it had good marketing and it was called the, um, oh, what was it called? Snack Shop. Oh. And this is how it went. It went, Snack Shop. <laughs> you make it all with super dough at the Snack Shop. <laughs> ba, 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 banana split. Snack Shop. That's, it was like that. It's like barbershop, like 50s. I feel kind of dumb at how much I'm enjoying this. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm just like over here like... Bum, <laughs> bum, no, you and I have been <laughs> like... Banana split. Snack Shop. There's like the it's like the Beach Boys. There's like the one high guy. I can make it all with super dough at the Snack Shop. Bop, bop, bop. 
bananas blood. Ah, it's fun. I like it. <laughs> and you're going to relate hard to this because I know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted it and I got it for Crimbus or perhaps a birthday. Mm-hmm. Both are birthdays. One's Jesus. Uh, but <laughs> I want to be, <laughs> I wanna be very, very clear. clear. <laughs> Not all people in China are witch-like. <laughs> I'm leaving some allowance. Some are. And Christmas, some are. And Christmas is a birthday. <laughs> and Christmas is a birthday. Guys, like the most nervous comedian that thinks he's going to be canceled for everything. Christmas <laughs> is a birthday. I'm not saying it's not, okay? Please, please don't misunderstand me. Oh my God, I do sort of feel that way sometimes. And uh, anyway, it was because Snack Shop, banana split. You made food, like Leela's thing. And the commercial had the most perfect... Like it had a press, like a press to make the buns. Yeah. And then the burgers and the lettuce. And <sighs> and I know you know this. I You're going to relate. I just know. I was just a starving kid. I, I don't mean I was starving. I mean like, okay, not to say I was starving like that's a real issue. I'm just saying I was constantly hungry. Yeah. And too. I even so hungry that when I played, I wanted to be pretending I was making burgers. <laughs> but like I'm being real, like, like King Kong, is he going to fuck her? That's a question. Like, what was he going to do with that woman? Yeah, why did he want her so bad? Why do the dragons want the women? Why does Donkey Kong want Mario's girlfriend slash wife? Question mark. Mm. Uh, what is King Kong going to do with the woman? I think King Kong is more confused. He thinks she's just like a pretty thing. Oh. But anyway, that's one question. Two. <laughs> two that's one four-part that, question. That's one, uh. that's one, one four-part question. Um <laughs> I had a t-shirt for uh, College Humor that I pitched. It was a picture of Donkey Kong from the original Donkey Kong Mm -hmm. video game called Donkey Kong. (laughs) (laughs) And this is not funny. I'm going to say this is not funny. It was was me. I was still kind of learning even my own sense of humor. But it was a picture of him and it said, seriously, where is he getting all those barrels? (laughs) Okay, it's pretty funny. (laughs) I like that. It's pretty funny. It's great. Um, Anyway... My my Donkey Kong with the woman question is, did I, and I'm asking you, Val. Okay. I'm 10. Yeah. I'm always hungry. Uh-huh. You know, ready to snack. <laughs> Between meals, during meals. I'll snack during a meal. <laughs> Leela has started doing that. Oh, yeah. She wants goldfish during, during breakfast. During the meal, yeah, during <laughs> breakfast, yes. So a hungry boy. I see a snack shop. Banana. <laughs> no, it's like I did... Little Pete think he was going to eat it and it would be delicious. Like, because even bite. Yes. Yeah, of course. Like unconsciously. Not not like I didn't go like and I'll eat it. No. But you're watching. You're kind of like. Like mouth is kind of watering. Yes. Also the texture. That's what I mean. Biting into it. The texture. It's all one thing. Yeah. It's all. And there's no. It's all give. Uh Uh-huh. It's like biting into an eraser or something, but soft. Yeah. And and you could kind of chew it and get it down there. It's like those. Did you ever have those gummies that were burgers i'm i'm oh, sorry I pushed the mic away because i'm freaking out <laughs> the gummies that were burgers first of all fuck you because you I'm, taste nothing you don't no. even taste good as a candy no you're not even trying to taste like a burger no okay and well, you just... right, so I have, I have issue with the shape right there <laughs> does it taste like a burger the guy pitching it is like no 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 it tastes kind of like a fruit gummy yeah like, sh- get out of my house yeah i'm running the business out of my house because <laughs> we haven't had a good idea yet 
<laughs> Two, and they came to the house to pitch you gummy burgers. Of course. So these are just people I'm meeting at the bus depot. <laughs> I go, who's got candies? And this guy's like, I got one. And he does. He actually he's does. He's like, come over and pitch me your candy. And he's like, you know, I get that a lot. <laughs> Two, uh, the the wax bottles that you bite. We've talked about this oh. before. You bite it off and it's Coke inside. Yeah. It's just the syrup. It's just sure. Yeah. Sugar. Just sugar syrup. But yeah, yeah hungry, what, what hungry they're kids. doing and including, I'll go ahead and include the Play-Doh burgers in this. Uh, what you're doing is you're just reminding me that I'm not eating a burger. Yeah, I and agree. I, and I, I'm pretty upset about that. I would have. <laughs> now I'm craving a burger. The American hamburger, the ham, American hamburger sandwich. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Kroll, you just spit on me. Oh, that's a Nick Kroll story that. I don't know if he's done it on stage, but he, he used to say... It's one of my favorite stories that, in life. Me too. We say it all the time. Yeah. Is that he was at his aunt, question mark's house, mm. and he asked... Grandma, I Grandma, think. and he said, I want a hamburger, and she just gave, like, Atkins-style, <laughs> just a puck of beef cooked yeah. On, yeah. on a plate, and he said, where's the bun? And she went, you say it. Oh, you wanted a hamburger sandwich. <laughs> Is there anything... <laughs> Oh, you wanted a hamburger, hamburgered, a sandwich that's been hamburgered is just as funny as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted an American hamburgered sandwich. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. In fact, you and I were talking about our McDonald's order, a number two. Mm-hmm. I always got a number one because I was like a Same. little businessman. Yeah. Like I was kind of layover i'm on my way to cleveland to sell textiles and i get a big mac because i'm on the move mm-hmm. and then i said to you you know for 25 extra cents they'll give you that other top bun <laughs> that is like <laughs> that is the hungriest tip if you're like hungry and you meet another hungry person and you're like you order a big mac slip them another 25 cents they'll give you the extra top bun because valerie a Big Mac has an extra bottom bun. Where? What are they doing with the extra top buns? I know, but... This is real. This is like Unsolved Mysteries. This is like Mythbusters. Yeah. Does McDonald's just have a vat of tossed, discarded... Is that what they make the croutons out of? Good guess. <laughs> good guess. Good that, guess. Good, that's a good great guess. guess. Um, do you... Did you ever actually do that, though? No, but I love that you think that I would. I, I didn't think that you would originally when you said that to me, but the way you were talking now, I was like, yeah. wait a minute, was no, this real? No, it wasn't real. I wonder but if I would always get the big mac. Go, the, go. T- the dome of a top bun and use that sometimes. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. That's now too much you're effort. helping us with overhead. <laughs> All you need. <laughs> I'm well, this, you're welcome. I'm, That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> I mean,. If they, ha- you know how they have machines that slice bagels perfectly. You put them in that like sort of. It's like almost like torture for a bagel. You put it in that constricted. It's a thing, guillotine. I have one. And then you one. guillotine it. Yeah. My- Maybe all we need is one of those for the just the top bun of a of a McDonald's hamburger to bun. Yes. And you guillotine it, but it's going to be noticeably thinner. So I'm going to say. We don't call it the Big Mac. We just we just say a Mac. Like I'm just, like I'm sorry. Like we only for, have and it's for twenty five cents less. Less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but just for, a Mac. <laughs> return of the. But my uh, friends that would get the number two, the two cheesed, I just like that they got to unwrap something like twice. Twice they got Cause, the because that's I the best that, part. But I need that like commercial break. Uh-huh. You give me a Big Mac, I'm like that's three bites for this mouth. Hi, oh, hi, hi. Wow, yeah. Well, not really, but maybe four. <laughs> I'm embarrassed because it is three. 
Like I'm embarrassed, but like, <laughs> like as I realize this goes out like to the public, I'm like, no, it's not three. I could do a Big Mac and I bet I could do a Big Mac now in two. Oh my God. I kind of believe that you could. Absolutely. Every, Are you crazy? Every single time I've ever seen you eat salad specifically, yeah. you put half of the salad. Yeah. On your fork. I'm and trying to I bring... always think, how is he going to do this? And he does it. And he does it. And then the most he recently, I just... <laughs> you said, and he, do... and he does it. And most recently, I said to you, like the other day when you did it, I went... Because I always say something. Because I can... I'm always in awe of how much you can fit in your mouth. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> we'll let that one go by. <laughs> and I said this time, I guess it's also just as impressive that you can fit half a salad on a fork. <laughs> you are the queen. It's so true. <laughs> it's so The impressive. mouth work is great, but don't forget the fork work. The fork work is really yeah. something. Like, listeners, sweet listeners, go out today, buy yourself a salad, okay? How see many, if you can how put, much can you get on that fork? It, see if you can put half the, the amount of salad on the fork alone. And then for bonus points, see if you can well, put it in your mouth. Yeah, there you go. And now you've done the Holmesy. The That's Holmesy the Holmesy. Hat and then take a video but of if, it and send it to me. <laughs> there's something, if you look at food, a lot of the most popular foods are easy to eat. Mm-hmm. They might not be like jambalaya. <laughs> Oh my god. It's so delicious, but it's hot. Soup is like hot. Uh Soup is like the ocean. There's like hot spots. There's cold (laughs) spots. You know what I mean? Like you don't know where you're dipping in. I definitely thought you were gonna say jambalaya is easy to eat. Yeah, what's hard to eat? Here's something that's hard to eat. Peas. (laughs) Yes, peas are nearly Uh, impossible. There's a lot of hard to eat, but like pizza. These are all foods that were not pizza, but I know sushi, sushi, <laughs> sushi, sushi was invented so you could eat while you were gambling and keep holding your cards. Really? I'm surprised I haven't said that to you before. Yeah. And so was the sandwich. Oh. I'm pretty sure Earl of, his name, by the way, was not Earl. Earl is a title. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> Yeah, me too. And it was definitely four bites for a Big Mac for me. So like everyone knows Earl. But get the fuck out of here. Like, how dare you side with that it's normal that Earl is an... You can't have a... Like, I'm a king. I'm an Earl. But of? No, I understand. But Earl of Sandwich. uh, Tony Soprano of Newark. (laughs) Like, you know? Sandwich was a place. Earl of Sandwich. Yeah. I definitely spent most of my life thinking his name was Earl. Yeah, I hear that. I'm sorry I shamed you. You didn't shame me. I used to have a bit about it where it's a bad bit. I went, um, did you know before Newton discovered the the, the laws of gravity? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I had a fake riff where I was like, he didn't invent gravity. It's not like there was no gravity. But before Newton discovered the principles of gravity, we used to call the apples. I don't know why these are falling. <laughs> apples. Did you know that's why we... It's so stupid. And then I went into the Earl of Sandwich routine, which I can't remember, but it ended with me going, I think his name is Earl, um, which is what my name is Earl is about, actually. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, where were we? Um, How we roll was canceled. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, let's talk about that. We have to talk about that and that you're not feeling well and... and yeah. uh, 
But it's not COVID. It's not COVID. Yeah, you took a... And by the way, I, how we roll being canceled is not why we're super chill. We just had a real long day. Real and, and I love this chill. This is a great... Yeah. This is a great chill. This is the best chill. We made it weird. They do a great episode of Pete and Val. They usually have a sitter and they catch up. And they catch up great time. They catch up, catch up mustard. These are condiments. They con, the condensating condiments. <laughs> okay, sorry. That I was, thought it was great. Oh, thank you. I was uh, enjoying it. How we roll was canceled and I found out last week on like a yeah, Tuesday on Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday maybe and even. it's a bummer and, and I yeah. think we've been doing the reason why it's worth uh, mentioning is I can stop being like please watch the path <laughs> uh, although I am proud of it and I hope people enjoy it um, but we don't have to keep pushing as hard yeah although it did do better it kept doing better and better in the ratings yeah. but CBS uh, I heard uh, is going more towards drama mm-hmm. so they didn't cancel us because we stunk uh, which is nice. They they canceled a bunch of comedies because they're. I, I so I told somebody today. I was like, it's like being laid off instead of being fired. It's like yeah. corporate restructuring. Yeah. Um, because I do know that CBS liked the show and we liked the show, but and it was finding an audience, and it was, really was a a bummer. So yeah. what I wanted to say was all the stuff that we've talked about on this podcast about that you've taught me about like allowing feelings and and not trying because I'm a real silver lining guy so mark mm-hmm. gross the creator calls me and i immediately just uh instinctually or i guess um organically spontaneously think of the plus sides yeah i immediately said to him like well at least we have our answer we don't have to keep waiting for the answer like that yeah. that's good it's a spin doctor i'm finding the spin that we've been waiting you get that feeling in your belly you're nervous you don't know what the future holds at least you know now yeah you know what i mean and then I came up with these other ones. And then like maybe four or five hours later, I was like, oh, shit. And because of you, because of you, I, I never made to feel my, my feelings. Ooh. Ooh. I was just singing the regular Yeah, song. that's fine with me. I always love a Kate Clarks. You do. Um, but uh, I just felt it. Yeah. I felt the disappointment. And I, I, one of the funny things I thought was I said to you, I was like, this is a bummer. Yeah. I said to you. And you went, Pete. You must have said 3,000 times that this was like your favorite, most fun, easy, pleasurable job experiences with a bunch of people that were your friends Mm -hmm. and are my friends. But I mean, like, it's going to be hard to see these people. Like, I can't get this group together with the crew. (laughs) The only way we're going to do that is if we did it again. So something Mm -hmm. died. Yeah. And that was sad. And you really helped me just kind of own that. Yeah. And then without being too spinny about it. I did notice something that was very interesting about it, which is there's a type of energy I only get from no. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this a bunch, but I wanted to share it on the pod was that like I here I we're, we're sitting at my desk right now. I, you know, right now it's our desk. <laughs> Again, I'm worried. Not all witches live in China, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I came right in here and just started working on something that I had put on hold uh, during How We Roll. I really saw that How We Roll was this like wonderful, uh, safe and fun thing. And as soon as it went away, I I felt like a pirate again. Yeah. Like with with a knife between my teeth and swinging from a boat that's being pummeled with cannonballs. That's the canceled show. But Mm -hmm. I'm swinging with the knife to another boat. Like I'm going to jump to it. And I'm like, there's no... Really, it's it's what we talk about kind of philosophically on the show all the time is really the the some of the greatest thrills and maybe not thrill, but like life filled mm-hmm. feelings where you're like vital 
and you can feel your blood coursing through your veins and you're just excited and it kind of <clears throat> simultaneously propels you into the future and snaps you into the moment come on the back of things that we didn't want like, yeah. come on the no yeah. and i wrote i had this epiphany on how to rework a pilot i had been thinking about and and uh suddenly i was just doing that and like with Feeling with urgency inspired. like yeah. like how we roll was amazing and i what but the one thing that i wasn't doing was living with an intense level of urgency like creative yeah. urgency yeah it was more like i had found my happy summer camp like i said a million times where we put on a talent show every week mm-hmm. super fun and i really wish we were doing it again but as soon as the floor kind of falls out mm-hmm. I really felt super, super alive Mm -hmm. and something that I have all these post-it notes around the, around my computer that reasons to create stuff. I'm always trying to create a meaning, a why. Mm -hmm. And really the best why that I've found is a no, Mm -hmm. is like a scary no. Yeah. And I, I, I went so far as to think that super, super successful people, uh, Elon Musk or Bill Gates or whoever, I actually believe even though i don't really have much evidence for this that they know this and they actually try to intentionally bite off more than they can chew or pursue lots of things knowing some of them will fail because the fire of failure cooks up the soup real fucking like it's boiling really fast yeah in a way that i can't fake through inspirational posters or quotes or youtube you know graduation speeches Mm. nothing gets me going more than the feeling of like uncertainty, discomfort. Mm-hmm. And I, I, when I say fear, I don't mean bad fear. I just mean, like you said, we say on this pod all the time, it's from, um, what is it for? What is the book? Uh, the, the, the vice kink, uh, kinky, oh, uh, um, 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 uh, existential, kink. existential kink. She, she taught me the phrase, uh, fear is excitement without breath. Yeah. That's what I really, yeah. as soon as How We Roll was canceled, I was noticing that fear, what does what my future look like? I thought I knew what my year was going to look like. I thought for sure we were coming back. Suddenly it's not. And I was afraid. And then when I breathed into it, when I did everything that we've learned mm-hmm. together, say yes to it, allow it, remind yourself that there is no problem right now. That was a big one. Mm-hmm. You think there's a problem, but really there's no problem right now. You are okay. Mm-hmm. Take a beat, take a breath. And when you do and you loosen up that feeling mm-hmm. and spread it out on the table a little bit, it's fear is excitement just too tightly wound. Yeah. It's really interesting to experience. Yeah. And you are so good at channeling that energy because I think you know, based on different people's personality types or the, you know, their resourcing or their health, you know, if like they're under a lot of stress on top of getting a no or whatever, it can, it can go so many different ways. Yeah. And, and a lot of times there's, I think the energy that you're talking about of a no, that really is like dynamic fear it's like yes fear is there yeah but it also is multi-dimensional there's other things from that the trunk of that fear the branches of ambition and inspiration and creativity can grow yes but it's so easy and i've certainly done it too to sometimes just identify the whole thing as fear and then it's really limiting where you're just like, I'm just staying then in a fearful place. 
And I was just thinking, sorry to be one of those people that talks about the Enneagram all the time. Just a blanket apology. Yeah. Um, we'll play that at the beginning of every episode. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that, you know, you're three. So I think that is really a specific thing to three is that it's like, all right, you got knocked up. Now here's a chance to prove yourself again. Right. And this is how you get all your self-worth is by achieving. So like there's, it's almost a gift to be, and I've said this to you before, but I, it makes me think of it when you say that, that Beyonce is certainly a three and that she said that she wants people to make her feel mad before she gets on the stage. She's yeah. like praying that somebody will make her mad before she gets on stage. I relate to that hard. Mm-hmm. My best stand-up sets are usually following someone who's doing something that I think is not only unfunny, but like hurtful to society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which may or may not be, it could just be how you're <clears throat> perceiving it yeah. to fuel your set. Look, not to compare, we've said this too, right off the back of the three on point, but Michael <laughs> Jordan loved to f- play angry. And, and it turns out like I... I didn't know this. It's one of those things. I'm I'm 43 and it really took me a long time to figure out that I'm competitive mm-hmm. and also that like anger can be helpful to me. Mm-hmm. But it's also like my protector flares up. So mm-hmm. a no also sort of exposes um the kid in high school, junior high, mostly high school. Mm-hmm. Cause when I went to high school, it was a public school and I had gone to this Quaker, like hippie school. And then I went to like, forgive me, but like a real school, like, a, like, <laughs> like bells and lots of classrooms and, yeah, a, and public school. a public school, a great public school, but still it was a lot more intense than the two. It was like little house on the prairie. My grade school, it was like mm-hmm. two rooms. Mm-hmm. I have, oh, I got to go to the other room like, yeah. <laughs> because I have another class. It's two rooms. Um, so that that fear, oh, I'm sort of forgetting where I was going. Uh, your protector. Okay, so what the protector doesn't want people to see specifically is that kid who is so overwhelmed Yeah. by essentially what was my first city. Public school was living in my first city. Yeah. And I, I've mentioned it many times, but like earth science, freshman year, and just like, how am I, like he's going so fast, like mm-hmm. the teacher's going too fast and mm-hmm. really what it was is I hadn't learned that like some things the teacher says are what you need to know mm-hmm. and other things are just kind of warming you up to what you need to know yeah but like I needed the way that I survived especially my freshman and sophomore years which is when I had the bald spot from stress mm-hmm. was I made friends mm-hmm. like I realized that I need like I was really underprepared and Dan Shaw and Tom Kalatosti and those the people that I sat next to I just like was desperate. Yeah. If you make an alliance with me otherwise everyone's going to know that not only am I scared but I'm also kind of you're worried that people are going to think you're dumb mm-hmm. or less than or whatever. Yeah. And there's a little bit the protector comes out and goes don't worry uh and, and this sounds so maybe potentially sad, mm. like, oh, no, look at the achiever. He thinks he has to prove it again. Mm. But there's also a way to do no. it consciously that's just like, this is just what we're doing. Like, I yeah. like some people like skiing. I like achieving. I, do, I can't always do it. It doesn't always go my way. Yes. This is my third show that's ended, you know, yeah. like, that's part of it. Like, that's that's part of what makes it challenging. Yeah. But like... I don't mind. I've made peace with my iron jaw, I guess, with well, the, with my protector that's like, 
let's show them again. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's see. I get really excited. And I told you, Brian Cox from Succession was in my head that was like, oh, boo fucking who. Yeah. Your show got canceled. It was a one season show. Look at it. You knew. Or whatever. Like he's, he's <laughs> shitting on the show. He's like, you always knew. Now pay your fucking to work. You know, I'm like, yeah. I liked it. Like it was making me laugh that mm-hmm. I had Brian Cox making fun of me for being sad. Yeah. And that's when you were like, oh, you're a three. You're a three for you're sure. Because really that would not be my way in. But I do relate to a lot of what you're saying. And, um, there was some, oh, I also think it isn't sad because whatever any of us are good at could almost certainly be traced back to a defense that we built up in response to a wound that we had. Absolutely. Just we're all the same in that way. Right. So, you know, when I think we've hit on this before, but like my version of it is being able to do mindfulness sessions and really attune to what somebody needs. I'm so glad you brought this up. Yeah. That definitely came from feeling like I had to make everybody like me to be safe. And I was thinking actually, because I had to go to, I had to change schools a lot as a kid and it was lowercase T traumatic at the very least. Um, And I actually do think if you, you, if you think back to a time that you went to a new school, even if it was just, you know, going to high school after, or certainly as a young kid, if you had to change a school, you get a really clear look. It's almost like you could figure out what Enneagram number you are just based on how you handled that. Mm. Like you could get a really good look at your You're really right on. Cause when defenses. I went from junior high to high school, that's when the guy that was like, gotta be special. Show him, show him, show yeah. him. Like protect yourself by being shiny. And mine was protect yourself by being a sweetie, by like being undeniably liked by everybody so that then they will take care of me because I'm mm. too small and afraid. Mm. So I need these people to take care of me. So make, you know, mirror them and attune to them and deny my own needs temporarily so that I can ultimately get my needs met through them. Perfect. It's such a weird roundabout way to get your needs met, but I'm working on it. (laughs) But it has led to me being really good at my job in this way. And so, yeah, that's the other, it's kind of similar to you, to your first point of being like, you know, fear is excitement without breath and there's, it's all swirled together. It's like these wounds become, you know, lead to defenses, which then sometimes, you know, become like deeper or um, maybe bad patterns. Sure. It does. It definitely does. So I would say the wounds lead to defenses, which then branch out to some bad pa- patterns and some really healthy, successful patterns. Yeah, you that's know? right. We we had that moment. So a lot of uh, other stuff has happened that we should catch up on, but we had yeah. a moment where you really... Somebody explained to me, I think it was in the book, The Sedona Method, where they're trying to trace any problem you're having back to a feeling of separation. So it's mm. a non-dual book. It's this idea that like your fear and your pain all comes from not understanding that you are part of a system yeah. that is interdependent. Yeah. I was just reading about Thich Nhat Hanh was talking about how like everything in the universe ha- is impermanent and everything is, is um, I believe he says selfless, like uh, maybe impersonal would be a way mm. to mean it. And we don't like that. 
Mm. We don't like that it's impermanent. We don't like that it's impersonal. Yeah. But we're like, but that's the only way it can be is sort of his point. Like yeah. that's what life is. Yeah. It's like change and and a, a system of interlocking parts. Yeah. Um. So I forget why, but we were thinking about like you and I, uh, you know, little self-love, we're very good at listening to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give an example. On the way in, I we were driving. Leela was in the back watching a really loud cartoon, so I took my earbuds in and took put them in. And when I took them out, I thought you were complaining that we had to do the podcast, and mm-hmm. I was like, "I'm sorry, Val. You know, like that's one of the things we have to do. Mm-hmm. Like that's what pays for our life, or some some snarky sort of very mild though. I didn't yeah. say it like an asshole." But I later realized I was like flaring up. Mm-hmm. So in almost in real time, maybe five minutes later, I said, hey, I'm really sorry. I think I misunderstood you. And, and sometimes when mm-hmm. I feel like you don't want to do the podcast, I'm like, well, like we, we have to do some things sometimes and I need help sometimes. Really, that mm-hmm. was the voice. was. But anyway, and you were like, you, you misunderstood and we hugged and, mm-hmm. and we connected. So I'm like, we are sort of like Zen masters of how are we being heard? Yeah. Uh, reconsidering what people might mean, especially just with each other. Mm-hmm. And they're just hyper-tuned yeah. to one another. Yeah. Hyper-tuned. And that that's almost led to like a non-verbal level of communication when, mm-hmm. when it's just us hanging out. Like I know, it's almost like you release a pheromone mm-hmm. if you're not enjoying Moon Knight. Although uh-huh. you are very much enjoying Moon Knight. I really do love it, But yeah. when it gets a little too psychologically dark, I'm like, let's watch something else. I just know you. And yeah. that that hypersensitivity is a superpower. Mm-hmm. And I really, uh, I know I, I kind of, we talk about di- dissecting our parents and all this stuff. I really am going through a phase where I'm really appreciating my parents. Yeah. <laughs> Brief phase. Um, <laughs> so I'm not even saying this from a shallow place, but like that was not their strong suit. No. But that's what led to this. So I'm like, wait, I wouldn't be the right partner right. for my favorite person yeah. if my parents were like, if that was one of their primary values, was yeah. really locking on and being like, I am so with you right now. Like, just like mm-hmm. really looking into your soul. That's mm-hmm. not really their style. They're more kind of like, lighten up if you can't take a joke while they're eating a foot long <laughs> hoagie. Like, that's great. <laughs> but what I didn't get, radioactive spider bite, led to this relationship and mm-hmm. my ability to be in it and thrive in it and make Leela and this life that I enjoy so much become Spider-Man. Absolutely. And m- even more directly, like when I had this, the realization of this, it was like, oh, right. You're, you didn't feel particularly listened to. Is that possible? Is that okay to say? Could that be true? <laughs> that yeah. true yeah no there, um, there was a lot of good things going on but like intense deep listening yeah maybe maybe at moments but not in general and like a a intimate knowing of no like facts about facts uh friendly like a friend relationship yeah we've told this many times i went to a birthday party and my friend opie his mom was like, don't hurt the animals. Otherwise, my friend here is going to have a problem. And I, I remember I was probably like seven. Yeah. And I was like, wait, his mom, one, knows that he loves animals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, two, referred to him as my friend. Yeah. Like casually. And three, and I didn't uncover this until we talked about this recently, was saying, 
my friend will have a problem with you, like if yeah. you hurt an animal, and I'll let him. Yeah, that's right. Really, that was the and most. And I'll like back him up on that. I didn't realize that that was actually the most meaningful. We just unpacked that yeah. for the many times we told that story because it was an important moment in my life. Mm-hmm. Seeing a different kind of relationship, yeah, it was intimate. really like he'll be mad, and I'm going to let him be mad yeah. because I'm telling you right now, if you hurt a turtle, he'll he's gonna he's gonna punch you or something. Hurt Maybe a not. turtle. <laughs> Turtle, hurdle, 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 hurdle. We're doing hurdle and wordle, um, so we are saying hurdle, wordle a lot. Are you sure you're not turning me down? Because I swear that was the dial you used for me. Okay, that's you. I'm right. muting myself while I chew my grenades brand gum. Um, so <laughs> because you didn't feel particularly listened to and like like some like your parents were listening and retaining information about who you were um you i've seen you be determined first with me and now with leela well now with us both uh to remember facts about and to really like yeah learn our interests yeah and stay up to date like you're you're so good and i think staying up to date is huge because i think both of us experienced being like and I think everybody has, this isn't necessarily damaging, but one of the most common feelings it seems as you're growing up with parents is like, God, mom, I'm not into Harry Potter anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and then the like, dad or the mom date. is supposed to be like, but you were last week. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's so much better to be like, oh, why? Oh yeah. You don't like it. What are you into now? Th- that's total Rob Bell, by the way. When yeah. Rob would tell me about parenting. I know. He's such he would, a model for Always us. modeled that. Yeah. Like I, the example that he gave is, um, my friend Kyle got an SUV and he'd be like, really? What color? Like, oh. instead of being like, oh, I'm sorry. We don't have the money to get you an SUV, <laughs> yeah. but like, just talk or, to or them. Or just being like, uh-huh. Cool. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, ask what color? a follow-up question. Really? That's cool. It's insane how far asking a follow-up question goes for because adolescents. A follow-up question is only forged in the fire of I heard you. I heard you. I see you. I'm interested in you. And I'm going to hit the ball back. Yeah. Really, really important. Um, But because, yeah, I think I made that point. Oh, so it's just really beautiful to know that like the way the the things that you know our parents did their best but the things that we didn't get created these wounds that then makes us hypersensitive in a way that Leela will benefit from like mm. now she has a dad who is going to make sure that he listens to her and this is how stars explode and they became us you yeah. know what i mean I, I know we say it all the time but it bears repeating because it, apparently it bears forgetting i keep mm-hmm. forgetting it goes back to how we roll. The no, the explosion leads to the uh, the next, and the the non listening, non deep listening parent blah, leads to my relationship with Lila, which I wouldn't, or and you, yeah. which I wouldn't change for the world. Yeah. But that's, you know, it's a Buddhist thing. It's like the lotus, the most beautiful lotus grows out of the dirtiest mud. Basically, mm-hmm. it's like it grows out of shit, essentially, mm-hmm. and that's. That's what we're working with. And I'm not trying to bring it back to how real. I'm just saying the same thing is happening. Parents, Mm -hmm. shows, things not going the way that we want. Mm -hmm. It's like, when are we going to get the message that the garden has always been whispering to us, which is like, shit makes things grow. Yeah. And you want... You want the tomatoes to fertilize the tomatoes. Right. You want them to just beget more tomatoes. Yeah. Sorry, it doesn't fucking work that way. It's like, 
Well, all it of does, but first they have to rot and die yes, and become that's right. disgusting that's and right. bug filled and rejected by the community of the garden. It's like, <laughs> yeah. no, you go down there. Yeah. <laughs> let the bugs eat you. Just like broken. I mean, like, I'm not even trying to be funny. That's the story of Jesus. It's mm-hmm. like friends turning their backs, cr- crucified, dead, even, you know, where's your God now sort of feeling. That, mm-hmm. that was the whole point of not the whole point, but the humiliation of a public execution is like, oh, this guy, this is the guy that you say. And that's, that's the tomato. That's the tomato. It is. It's the tomato rotting and being eaten by bugs and forgotten. They're the disciples. Red, Mm -hmm. juicy tomatoes being like, I don't know that guy. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. I'm just saying whether it's great, we don't have to be Christian to recognize that a lot of these stories mirror, as I always say from Alexander Shia, one of my favorite episodes 10 years ago, that mythology tells is true because it's honest in relaying how energy moves in the world, in the mm, universe. Mm. That's what makes it true. Mm-hmm. We just want it to be true in our little, our little way, right. like relationally true, interpersonally true, and even historically true. Yeah. Did he really live there? Did that really happen? We're talking about what happens in the cosmos yeah. through a story right? That that has nothing to do with, you know, mm-hmm. finding DNA or, or even looking for, you know, uh, Egyptian armor at the bottom of the Red Sea. And By the even, way, it was the Sea of Reeds. Guys, look at a map. And even like, <laughs> I know I don't understand chaos theory, and it's because I just instantly disagree with it. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, but like, I, and and maybe it's not even chaos theory. I Like, I don't really, I can't really get on board with everything is pure chaos. I don't think Be- that's what chaos theory is, but yeah, go Yeah, ahead. I don't think it is either, as I said that. Chaos right. theory is more of like a, sci- a, a quantum physics thing. I don't know. Okay, we're out of our depth. I'd here. love to take a guess, but it just doesn't sound like science for them to be like, chaos theory is everything's chaos. I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't know. I just did something that I don't like that I do, which is I'm like, that just doesn't sound right, but it could be right. I, I Yeah, I, I admittedly don't know, this but is Suez I do Canal. know that We don't know what the Suez Canal is. Yeah, we don't know what this is. Suez right. Canal. Suez Canal. Um, but I, but the, I know that there are people who are very smart who are like the, everything is ultimately chaos. Mm. Um, just like the Buddhists are like, everything is ultimately nothing. And the, the Bhaktis are like, everything is ultimately one, you know, <laughs> like yeah. Hindus. Um, so, but I just feel like the, the idea of there are patterns there like, are patterns. There are patterns. No, there are patterns. And the way that energy moves through this reality. So maybe it, that has nothing to do with it. Like maybe they're zooming out more or something. I think if you zoom out far enough on chaos, you start to see a pattern. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's what I mean is the, the different altitudes. And I wonder if they would say if you zoom out on patterns, you start to see chaos. I think whether or not they say that, I think I'm going to agree with you and say that that's exactly what I think is going on here. If you're looking at the whole thing at one altitude, it looks like order. You zoom out a little bit more. You're like, I see nothing but chaos. You zoom out a little bit more. I see cha- I see order again. I think that's yeah, exactly I think that's what's going on. what uh, yeah, is happening. But, um, but I love that. Like I have a friend who's going through a bad breakup and you know, when you're just like really so in it that you can't see a way out and that is chaos that's your disorder yeah and then next is reorder and i've tried to be like i understand and that is valid like just be in disorder right now 
but I'm standing on the outside of this telling you because I'm not in it. So it's easier for me to see. That's just not how energy moves throughout the world. Like it's not the end of the story. It's never the end of the story. What is that quote? The, if you, if it, um, it gets better in the end. And if it's not better, it's not the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Uh, it just, in the way that energy moves is what you're talking about with the no of how we roll. It's like, it's it always has to be balanced with that. It actually yeah. felt sort of natural. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's what Richie said. Right. All, all knowing needs to be balanced with confusion. You might say Yeah. all, and, and we were having, we were in New Mexico this past week. So we got to see Richie and we got to see M- Michael Poffenberger who works at the CAC and and Michael was saying something very beautiful about how it seems like the cost of admission mm-hmm. into life is that you want that it won't make sense that it won't yeah. to you to your perspective and that's why mystical religious experiences mm-hmm. and I don't just mean psychedelic I mean like religious organic sudden strokes of grace mm-hmm. are when you momentarily or sometimes permanently recognize the interlinking interdependence of all things that you are not a separate Mm -hmm. thing that you are part of a he's doing jellyfish hands for the listener yeah jellyfish hands and that's peace Mm -hmm. but in the altitude of i'm pete and i have certain things that i want it can certainly seem like absolute garbage and nonsense or or the breakup it's one of the worst things in the world is when for me when you wake up and there's something horrible that happened, a divorce, whatever it yeah. might be, and you wake up and you remember, yeah. that my heart breaks for that. Yeah. And that you're that's sort of like a stuck in a moment and you can't, can't get, get out, out of it. it. Like you're stuck at an altitude. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Yeah. Even the way we're talking right now, I know that there's probably hours of today that this wouldn't have made sense. But yeah. that's what makes this time special. I'm glad we get to... Go to this altitude. Yeah, me too. What do you remember about seeing Richie? I remember we told him that we were going to name our son, if we have a son, if we have another baby, mm-hmm. we're going to name our boy Roar. Mm-hmm. And if we have a girl, we're going to name her Maggie Roar. Maggie Roar, Janie mm-hmm. Holmes. Mm-hmm. And I just love Richie so much mm-hmm. because a hundred out of a hundred people, if you say I'm going to name our child after you. Mm-hmm. We almost know the script. I don't know when we got the sides mailed to us, but you're supposed to be like, what an honor. That is such a delight to know. You know, here I am, I'm a priest and I don't have children, but these are my babies. You know what I mean? Something like that. Richie just sort of, he was just there for it. He just Mm -hmm. sort of looked surprised and humbled, but he didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of was like, oh, there's a Rory that I know. And there's a, but he didn't, he didn't go into like deep ego. Yeah. Like I really saw a guy, first of all, he never wants to gossip or talk shit mm-hmm. because it's too costly to to his state, I believe. Like yeah. he knows that although those things, gossip and, and talking shit are fun momentarily mm-hmm. when you're laying in uh, in the dark at night, like it, it just, mm-hmm. there's just a little, mm-hmm. there's like soot in your pipe. Like mm-hmm. it's just, you're just not as clean as you might've been for your own sake, not yeah. for a judging God elsewhere yeah. for your own sake. He just would rather keep it nice and clean and he won't even take the bait. Ramdas was like that too. Mm. I would give Ramdas like what I thought was a killer compliment mm-hmm. and he just wasn't, playing the same game Mm -hmm. you tell me i've had people be like we named our dog Petey, 
And I, you should see how I'm like, oh my God, it's moments like this. You know what I mean? And I just, of all the things, of all the beautiful things that happened just in one day with Richie, that was the one that stood out to me where I was like, I'm not, I'm not sniffing around this man. He's the, he's the real deal. And I love him. I wrote in the book that I gave him, I gave him a Rupert Spira book. I wrote, I love you an absurd amount. Mm-hmm. And that's completely true. So I'm not mm-hmm. testing him. Mm-hmm. And it can also be true that it's just so nice when you're hanging out with somebody and they don't like flip into a show business gear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, yeah. you realize that you are sort of curious. Well, how's he going to respond to this? And he responded like a humble, sweet, yeah. gentle, grounded, mm-hmm. kind, loving man that isn't. I also asked him, what are you excited about? My friend James Bashara, when we hang out, he says, what are you excited about? And then he says, what are you, what's the thing you're least excited about? It's mm-hmm. a really great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been using it. And I asked Richie and I was like, what are you excited about? And he had no answer. Yeah. And, it, and he didn't have no answer in a sad way. No. Uh, he had no, like this man has, uh, he's gotten off the bus. Yes. <laughs> That's that's it. He seems to be where you want to be at at the in in the last yeah I'll say years of your life. But yeah. like like at this point, if he if we got the news that he had passed away, we would be so devastated and sad. But I think I would be like, yeah. And he seemed totally ready. He's done his work. <laughs> yeah. He's con- he's been converted. He sees reality different. Yeah. And sorry, Jesus, heavy episode, I guess. But like, the grain of weed has the the grain of weed has to crack and die for the mm-hmm. for the plant to grow. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, Richard would probably hate this because it's too it's too, fluffing him up too much. Mm-hmm. But what that means to me is. You walk through the market, but you're not a purchaser. That's mm-hmm. I believe that's Rumi. Jesus said, I am in the world, but not of the world. Mm-hmm. That That's getting off the bus. Yeah. It's like, I don't mean to make fun of him, but I remember seeing Matthew. I was interested. Matthew McConaughey was doing some podcasts. I actually think his answer is good. And there's something sort of not wrong about it, but not completely. Uh, you'll see. Um, so, so I'm not, I, I'm not. I understand what he means. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, what, what is one of the secrets to being happy? Mm-hmm. And Matthew McConaughey said, well, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to do people out here. They don't even know the outside world exists. Um, it's, really good. it's very good today. It's a good McConaughey today. Yeah. It's um, a good McConaughey. You're very good. He says, having some, having something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, by the way, on the eagle, eagle, ego altitude. <laughs> That's a great answer. And by the way, yeah. I fly at the ego altitude all the time. I want tips for the ego. Yeah. I want tips for my personality and for Pete. And having something to look forward to, 10 out of 10, great yeah. answer. Yeah. Because when I have something to look forward to, uh, today, I was looking forward to this podcast. I was looking forward to Largo tonight, all these different mm-hmm. things. It helps you, it keeps your t- uh, clock ticking, right? Mm-hmm. It's great. But, um, from the in the world, not of the world, or I'm walking through the market, but I'm not a purchaser. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess you could say the enlightened or the deep, the, the highest spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you have nothing you're looking forward to. That's the opposite mm-hmm. of the grounded spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. All we're doing is what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And other things may or may not happen. But you don't own your life. You don't own the future. It's not promised. You don't know how it's, how it's going to work out. So you drop anchor 
deeply and profoundly and just, just this, just this, just this. Mm -hmm. So again, when we told him we were naming our son Roar or daughter, middle name Roar, I expected a certain thing. And when I said, what are you excited about? I expected him to be like, well, I might have this trip coming up or whatever. And in both cases, it was sort of this clean, clear nothing mm -hmm. that became the the lesson from my spiritual father, my my dear father, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. It was beautiful. And we ate noodles. And we ate noodles. And we laughed. Yeah. And at one point I asked if we could have a holy moment and we set a timer for one minute and we just sat and and we're like, oh, I just said, could we just be here for mm -hmm. one minute? And we did it. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. Mm -hmm. I think I'll always remember that. Yeah. I'm only saying that. I'm saying that one because, of course, I want to, oh, aren't I special? But two, uh, because that's something we can do. Yeah. You don't have to be with Richard Rohr. It's actually from the movie Waking Life. Mm -hmm. They say, can we have a holy moment? And mm -hmm. just two people together agreeing that this is all there is. Mm, so good. Yeah, brings the petals out on the flower, you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Might as well be living on the fucking moon. <laughs> it was really good. Very good. Well, baby, I think that's a good note to end on. That's a good note to end on. Pete, <laughs> no, I was going to do your podcast, and that would have been a big get for you, but I heard you put down what I said. And also, not all people that live in China are witches. That's, <laughs> that's fucked up. He's mad about that. I'm mad. I'm... That's not all right, not all right, not all right. <laughs> you are true talent. <laughs> um, this is, that's all. Unfortunately, that's as long as we have help with Lee, everybody. But that was great. That was so good. It's one of my top 10. I agree. I loved it. I wow. love you. And I feel like we sat down and both we of us were weren't like, sure if we could do it. We, yeah. 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 But we did it. Hey, follow the formula. Talk about some bullshit, Plato. <laughs> it'll go, it'll, you'll go somewhere. Yeah. It'll just find its way to God every time. That's right. Plato to God. <laughs> uh, oh, I get what you mean. Go ahead, Valerie. Um, why don't you all go ahead and keep it crispy? So crispy. My ice game make you want to